just let the professional talk. Okay, well, I, like I didn't get to say anything. Well, yeah, what, what's say. what's your take since you yeah, said you know, so, everything you said you don't agree with right now? Yeah, no, so what, what I was... Explain yourself. What I was saying is that if you're performing at a level that you're performing at, then that's different, right? Mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's an athlete, especially especially when you got to go try out, you got to do all this stuff, you got to make team. That's totally different in my opinion. I just feel like on every team, you know who's like, oh, wow, like, she's a really good dancer, like, right? Yeah. You can just tell, like, oh, well, or he's a really good dancer, whatever the case may be. You're not going to say, oh, everybody on this team's a good dancer. Yeah. Right. And that, that was kinda like Smell the wine, everything. 
we're gonna give a score of one through ten, our mm-hmm. own personal score, right? Yeah. Um, and that's just what we're gonna do. We're gonna yep. keep it going from there. Yeah. Yep. Shout out to Davino because Davino. You know, we normally use their scores, but you know we got a remix and have. But but we're gonna give we're gonna give the people the people score. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> we got especially like and, you know especially like when I was in Italy, I was tasting a lot of different wines and it was like, oh like okay this would be good. And I was laughing because I started thinking about. Can't smell nothing. <laughs> I smell wine. I smell wine. I smell wine. But nah, it's really thought. I mean, you know, I think that's something we should do. And um, mm-hmm. and, sh- and shout out. I think Chris Donaldson. He gave a great recommendation. One of our um, one of our subscribers and close friends. And he let us know. Hey, man, I think that'd be cool to see that. So shout out, Chris. Shout out. Yeah. Much love. Oh, one thing too. Um, people that are drinking wine. I think a lot of times we just dive right into it. But there's yeah. there's multiple tiers to yes. drinking mm-hmm. wine first. Yes. First thing is what you're actually looking at, what you see, right? right? So, you know, as we take our own glass, we're looking at the the actual coloring, yep. how clear it is. This is all indicative and, and part of your tasting experience. So a lot of people don't really know uh, about that. You know, you don't have to do it. There's no right or wrong way, but this is just a formal way of looking at it, right? So yep. we first are looking at the wine. Um, this is a white wine, Pinot Grigio. Uh, Pinot Gris, those are the same, you know, exact exact things but people sometimes get them confused <laughs> and thinking that they're different types of wines mm-hmm. uh, big in italy big in france yeah. um and yeah so it normally has like a zesty taste to it um you know fruits pairs well with fish um, so yeah you know we're gonna dive right into and what's, it and what's my saying lighter the wine lighter the day that's just that's just me yeah. and, that's really? how I kind of and, and real quick when i was in italy i was doing lunch and one of the things they said, I was like, oh, I want a red wine. He's like, we're going to get you white, my friend. I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, a lighter so day. Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. So, um, and so we, what we got today is the Da Vinci. Da Vinci. Um, actually from Italy as well. This is a really great wine, um, 2021 Pinot Grigio. Um, and yeah, what, what's like your take on Pinot Grigio or white wine? You love yeah. it? You just you kick know. back after the long day or, you know, how's that? So I usually don't drink during the week. I only okay. Drink. Only on special occasions like this, okay, but like on the yeah, on the weekends I usually drink, but I don't really drink a lot. I don't really know that much about wine. Like yeah. I went to Italy too, cool. but I just like white because it's light, it's refreshing, mm-hmm. and I do like seafood too, so it pairs well with seafood. So I guess Very when cool. I'm out and I'm getting like a seafood dish, I usually get white wine with it, and I like kind of semi-sweet wines, and I feel like it's hard to find that with reds unless you get get like a sangria. Yeah. Yeah or something yeah. like a Pinot Noir or something. But mm-hmm. I feel like Pinot Grigio is kind of, like it can be semi-sweet. It's not as sweet as a Moscato, mm-hmm. kind of in the middle. I also like Riesling too, so. I'm out. Yeah, yeah. It's not like she knows what she's talking about to me. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, well, I mean, I, I hang around alcoholics. So. <laughs> Shout out to y'all. <laughs> Shout out to alcoholics. So they taught me. No, I'm kidding. Right. Yeah. So, so I guess you, we'll let you start it off then. Like you, you smell the wine, you let us know what you think it is. Okay. You know, I guess we'll all, we, you know, we we'll, see it and we also twirl it yeah, to y'all. Little twirl, get a new smell. Get the aromas out there. It smell like why? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What am I okay. supposed to be oh, looking for? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, is that what Kendrick says? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said every time because he can't smell. Um. Yeah, <laughs> I, so, I, it smells fruity. Yeah. Like, uh, I get pears. I get, get pears. Pears. Okay, I can smell the pears. I get green apple. You know, I, don't mm, smell, green I apple. smell the green apple. I do. <laughs> what you smelling, CP? I'm trying to keep it professional, but okay. <laughs> it looks smell like mildew or okay, real quick. Know, you know, you, oh, you. 
Respectfully, I don't, I really talk about, talk about, talk about. Did you just say milk? Yeah, it don't smell that great. That does not sound. That's actually, if you smell mildew, that's actually not something that we want to smell. Okay. <laughs> however, I was going to say you want to smell that. <laughs> yeah. However, so but this is uh, this is a Pinot Grigio. This isn't. Uh, this doesn't have a cork on it. Like red wines, they have corks. Then you you may get those bad wines that are corks. It's gonna give you that bad taste and that smell, but for this right here, you shouldn't be getting that. <laughs> Maybe it's a different variation of milk. One of my knocks was stopped up, so you had me messing with it. Yeah. Uh, so. Anyways, let's get to it. <laughs> All right, real quick, just a quick cheers. Yeah. Cheers to Jackson yeah. coming cheers. on. Much love. Cheers. I'm with you. This is a good one. Very light. Yes, what did you say it was called? Da Vinci? Da Vinci. Da Vinci. Might have to send you a picture of that later. Oh, yeah. <laughs> also, also, too, we did chill this wine. Mm-hmm. It's recommended to chill Pinot at like 45 degrees. Um, for our red wines, you normally have the room temperature. It's also, yes. you know, different temperatures you want to go with. Yeah, but, but, yeah, no, this is definitely refreshing. Yeah. Zesty, lemony. Um, but yeah, let's get right into it. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. So Jazz, yeah, you wanna go ahead? You got it. Nah, Jazz. So um, definitely tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us, you know, what you're doing now. Um, about your uh, cheerleading background. It's a very esteemed background in being a professional cheerleader. Um, you know, tell us about that, and then also what you have going on. Um, we can we can dive right in. Yeah. So. I am from Charlotte, North Carolina, went to Chapel Hill, graduated, uh, I majored in media and journalism, but I did public relations at NASCAR. Mm. And while I was at NASCAR, I auditioned for the Panthers Top Cats. So I then growing, I grew up dancing all my life. Started at the age of three. I went to a studio here in Charlotte called BB Dance Productions. Um, and I competed all the way up until I graduated from high school. And so I fell in love with dance. Want to continue, wanted to continue dance, so I did it in college. Mm-hmm. We competed, we went to nationals, we danced at football games, basketball games, I had a lot of fun. I always like to joke and say, I never had to go into the lottery for the Duke game. We always just automatically were there. Always. So oh, right. that was always a perk. That's a flex. <laughs> yeah. Hey, for those that don't know, Duke, Duke and Carolina games are very hard to get into. Being a dancer, she had a little bit more privilege of being able yeah. to dance. And as a matter of fact, the first year I did go into the lottery, I was like, I wonder if I can win for my, my family if they want to come. And I actually did my freshman year win oh, wow. the lottery. And I feel like that's unheard of. But um, anyway, so yeah, I after I graduated, I waited a year and then I auditioned for Top Cats. Uh, and I made the team on the first try. Wow. And Man, I, thank what was you. That, what was that feeling? It was amazing. Like, mm-hmm. I don't I feel like... I never really thought of being a pro cheerleader in the NFL yeah. until I was trying to figure out what I was going to do after college because right. I can, wanted to continue to dance. Mm-hmm. I still had a passion for it. I would teach dance on the side at my studio that I grew up dancing with. Mm-hmm. And I still wanted to perform though. And I was like, what can I do as a young 20 something and still be able to do what I love? Mm-hmm. And that's when somebody was like, there's all these pro teams in Charlotte. Right. At the time, the Checkers had a pro dance team. Oh, um, you have the Honeybees for the Hornets. 
and he had the top cats for the Panthers. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, based off my schedule, because I did, I still worked a nine to five <laughs> at NASCAR. Sometimes I would travel on the weekends, but the football schedule was more doable mm-hmm. for me. Um, so I was like, okay, I'm gonna do football. I like football better than basketball anyway. <laughs> so, um, respect, shout out respect. To yeah, yeah, shout respect out to football. To <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah. <laughs> So long story short, uh, yeah, audition for the team, made it. Actually, the second year I did audition. So each year you have to re-audition. Oh, no. But the second year they actually filmed my reaction and they put it like on the Panthers.com website. Wow. Um, so I'm glad I made the team that can year. You, can you that, that? Like, <laughs> what was your reaction? If you could just do it one more time. Hey, you've been selected. Give it to us. I did feel like my performance was really well. And I'm glad that it's over. Now all we have to do is wait. So you just want to get started? Just yeah, going down the list? All right, here we go. Jasmine. Yes. I'm a yes. <laughs> Is it here? You made it? <laughs> Yay! Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Actually, I, I acted a little bit because, oh, okay. you know, I, hope, I would have hoped they wouldn't have done that and then I'm not making the team and I'm on camera. Oh, like, yeah, that would have been very, messed yeah, messed up. But um, yeah, I was at my desk in my cubicle at work and like they had a whole film crew come in and like I had to get approval from NASCAR and everything. And um, they like filmed me during the day in a meeting, like what I do on my day to day. And so uh, after that, like we finally got the email and they were like gonna be filming my reaction. I was like, oh my gosh, I hope I make it. And people were like, Jasmine, you're gonna make it. So yeah, I feel like I kind of acted when I made the team because yeah. I was like, okay, how can I not make it? <laughs> that would have been horrible. But yeah, confidence. Yeah. yeah. So that was really fun. I still have the the video. Sometimes I watch it every now and then. But uh, so yeah, I was on the team for five years. Uh, never made it to a playoff game, but <laughs> had a lot of Thursday night, Monday night football games, which were on national TV. So that was really fun. Um, was a captain. My by year three so year three four and five i became a captain um got to travel to london for the london games that was really fun i what else i won teammate of the year in 2020 Mm -hmm. and 2020 was a weird year just in general because covid obviously so we only did four games (laughs) we started Mm -hmm. in the middle of october Mm -hmm. um but but yeah that's my journey now and then i've since retired from from pro cheerleading from that team at least who knows i might be cheering up i might be auditioning for another team you uh, okay, never know okay, okay, okay. put that out there <laughs> manifest real, real quick all right i did have a quick question so like during those years kind of we kind of skipped over like so obviously you became a captain so leadership yeah. and everything like how mm-hmm. how did that kind of come about and what did you have to do to kind of i guess step up into that type of role to be able yeah. to accomplish that mm-hmm. that's a good question it's funny because i never thought that I was like a natural born leader but I'm the type of leader that leads by example and like my coaches like people growing up in high school like teachers have told me that Mm -hmm. uh people that I've taught or learned from the dancing growing up they said that I'm a natural leader because I leave lead by example Mm -hmm. like I never thought that I had as much of an impact as I did on the team just from my first and second year I think really what it was is just being prepared, most of all. I would show up, I knew my dances, I had all the things that I needed for the day, all my uniforms, uniform pieces, hair, makeup, all of that. I just felt like I was always on point because I didn't want to disappoint. 
Um, and I think that just kind of catapulted me into being a leader naturally and like the coaches noticing and people that were coming up onto the team, rookies, they would come and be like, Jasmine, do you know about this, this and this? I'm like, why y'all think I know? <laughs> but I think it's just because I, I gave off the fact that I was just prepared and I knew like how to approach situations and how to yeah. approach um, being a cheerleader, coach cheerleader. Yeah. So, yeah. Amazing. So I want to, and I'm, I'll let you go too. I will say too, just to give another insight into Jasmine. I remember in high school, we, we met in high school at Project Uplift. Project Uplift. Shout That's out to Project yeah. Uplift. That's I was it. there too with Project Uplift. You weren't, you weren't on our week. You weren't <laughs> in our <laughs> week. You weren't on our week. You were on a little, yeah. Oh, you were a different week. My Project Uplift was jumping now. Wait, what year did you graduate? 2016. Okay, 2016. Okay. Well, but I will say during Project Uplift, for those that don't know, it was a great experience for high school students. I think rising seniors to mm -hmm. be able to go um, get exposure to just college at uh, Carolina. So it was a great experience. So shout out to any programs like that um, for people that just want exposure uh, to what a college experience is, is about. But I will say, I remember Jasmine, she actually performed. I did. It was, it was like one of the best performances out of all the different people that, that were there. So in, in talking about that leadership at a, at a younger age, to be able to go out there and do that. Yeah, that was in front of all college. Yeah. Wow. Not just us being younger, but it was, you know, college students, grown ups. Um, to be able to go out there and do that. I remember I got up on the stage and did some little dance. You got on stage, sir? You did dance? Yeah, don't know. You did dance. Hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. Question. I know you got a good memory, Jerm, right? Because you be going back. I didn't know we were in the same Spanish class. Exactly. I remember everything. You don't remember him being on stage. <laughs> I don't. I don't have a great memory. Hey, I really don't. She really, Show us. She wouldn't. No, I'm not showing you all. Just do. Just do like a. You have a video so, though, right? I don't even have a video. What? They may have Nobody a video does. from that from that time period, but uh, I was young. I just wanted to be out there, you know, get some some attention. Um, but they were doing, you know, they called people up to do the different dances. They mm -hmm. one of the dances was percolated. Okay, it was like a little party yeah, that yeah, they had, yeah. yeah. The can, you just do, can you just do that real quick, please? Not, real quick, y'all. It's not going to be on the camera, not today. But maybe you just Uh, Only if you do it with me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We're going to do it with pizza music. It's time for the first place. It's time for the first place. That's not bad, actually. It's time for the first place. Okay. Eight, 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 eight. Hey, that's how we get. <laughs> <how> we get. <laughs> but hey, not not to deviate, but that was that was a great experience um, for me. Yeah. I met. I'm still friends with people from that today, as you see. Mm -hmm. um, and like you said, being a leader at a young age, so I know that really helped you and your confidence. Being a oh leader. yeah, for sure, definitely boosted my confidence because I never really saw myself as a leader. Mm -hmm. I thought like I was. I grew up like I was really shy growing up. Mm -hmm. Still am to this day sometimes, but I've like grown out of my shell a lot. I've been mm -hmm. able to put myself in certain situations to help me grow like that. So um, that's, yeah, it was just interesting that people saw that in me and I didn't see it in myself, but now I'm like, okay, true. I can actually do certain things and be a leader. So. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think most leaders, that's that's true for most leaders. If you're a real leader, you're a, kind of like servant leadership, right? Mm -hmm. Where most people see it, you don't recognize yourself as a leader until they're like, hey, you are a leader. Right, just because yeah. you you prepare yourself that way, you apply, you know, the leadership, you know, attributes or characteristics, anything you do in life, and then people are always watching. And then before you know it, like, you're making an impact on somebody else, and then you kind of you you leverage that. 
Yeah. 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 And they voted for captains too. Like our team voted. And actually when I, um, I wasn't there to vote. So like I didn't vote for anybody my first year of captain. Um, I was actually on a cruise and I missed practice that day. <laughs> but I was like, oh, y'all voted for me. But there were five captains. I wasn't the only one. Um, there were five, so I was like, "Can I proceed?" <laughs> Shout out to the top cats. Yes. Go cats. Okay. So, I'm a big Dallas Cowboys fan. Oh God. My whole family. Shout out to them boys. Pray for that man. My family is too. Yeah, and Charles is a. Washington Commanders. Hey man, shout out to the Commanders. You know, the commanders. shout out to the Commanders. <laughs> <laughs> so, my question is obviously like you know they had the big TV show of you know you know making the team and all that stuff for the cheerleaders. Like, mm-hmm. is that how it is? Like, is it similar to that or like mm-hmm. what's your thoughts on that? I mean, I know you say you had to like try out every single year, but yeah. I, and that's interesting too because you. I mean, I guess you got. I guess it's kind of like every other sport too, but. Not really. Not really. Can you get a contract? I mean, like, you know, it's Once different. Once you make a team, yeah. they, you know, you got to get an extension. So, I mean, I would love to know more about, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. what that feels like, to tr- you know, trying out again and, mm-hmm. like, after yeah. you already know you just did it for a whole season. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, okay, so it's actually a good thing because, it, I mean, you can see it as a good thing or a bad thing, but when you're in it, you can, like, if you had a bad season or you had something that you need to fix, you can also use the opportunity for re-audition to say, okay, I'm back and I'm better. This is why you hired me in the first place. This is why you put me on the team in the first place. So it's kind of an opportunity for you to reclaim your spot and your position on the team and say like, okay, I know who I am. I can do this. I was, I was on the team before, or um, I might've might messed up, might've been late to a couple practices or appearances. I might've messed up a couple dances here and there, uh, might've not been prepared, you been but I'm gonna be prepared on all these audition dates and all the practices and every time that you, know, you need me there, I'm gonna be there. So it's kind of like a way to reclaim, um, and it's fun too because you can re- you can learn new things, you can meet new people, people that are coming into the audition process. You can like kind of guide them, and um, you get to meet new people and make new friends. I think well, that's always good. Too. And like well, now you said it, it makes sense because <laughs> otherwise you, they, the top cats can be missing out on a really good, talented yeah. individual who's coming out who can dance if the whole team is just full. Exactly, you know? and you can cut the loose, you know. Cut the little dead weight and add somebody tonight. Yeah, and then it also sets the playing field completely yeah, equal. Yeah. yeah, so like nobody is guaranteed a spot from year to year. Like you could have been on the team. There was somebody when I auditioned my second year, like half, not half of the vets, but like three vets mm-hmm. got cut. I think they were going on their fifth or fourth year. Wow, wow. And it was a shock to everybody because they brought in like a bunch of new people and they like cut the vets. And changing, like, changing the culture. Yeah, but I will change. say, yeah. <laughs> I will say that the audition process is not like what you see on TV with yeah. the DCC Cowboys cheerleaders. Yeah. Like, they they do a lot for TV, and I know some a lot of women on that team as well. Mm-hmm. And I actually auditioned for that team this year, didn't make it, but. Right. <laughs> um, Jerry, what's going on, man? Like, come on, yeah. come over to the <laughs> But yeah, it's definitely not like that. They, they do a lot for TV. And there's actually a podcast called um, America's Girls or Sweethearts or something. Yeah. It, it kind of mm-hmm. talks about like experience. the experience and like what they used to tell girls for, for TV. And wow. I don't want to downplay that program because it's an amazing program. Yeah. Like there's a reason why I went to audition too. So um, it's just you know they're gonna do stuff for TV because reality TV is reality TV. <laughs> I think I think that uh, this is a good conversation. 
about dancing chilies. Hey, I didn't say that. I did not say that. I wonder why we talked talked about athletes and talked about, you know, people that are, um, you know, what defines an athlete. And I agree. So, you know, let's talk to Let's talk Let's talk It's a great segue, John. Let's get into it. Great segue. Because Jeff. No, no, no. No, Jeff's going to say what he's going to say. No, I'm going to tell you what happened behind the scenes. No, what you talking about? Because on episode. Behind the scenes. Right. Behind episode two, I asked Jeff, I said, what do you define as an athlete? And do you feel like dance would be considered a sport, right? Like, do you have to be athletic to be a dancer? And, and I said, it depends, I said, it, I said, it depends on what level. I feel like he's cutting me off, right? Behind the scenes, behind the scenes, Jeff said, "Not nah, he was like dance. You don't have to be athletic to be a dancer. Like, no, or, it's not. it's not really sport, right?" See, I knew he, <laughs> but then when we got on camera, I said, "Jeff, and we we'll play it back, maybe, right?" I was like, Jeff. And do you feel that dance, right? Because this is what y'all had a conversation about. Come on, bro. <laughs> yes. See, why he got? Why he got do, do that? you feel that dance? Do you feel like dance is, you know, under the umbrella of sport? Shout out to all yeah, all yeah, my yeah. Shout out to all my dancers. Dance, of course. Dance, of course. Shout out. Dance is under the umbrella of the sport for sure. Yeah. Okay. But they don't have to be necessarily. <laughs> you feel like you backpedaling. I'm not. some DB stuff right now. I'm not. You don't, you feel like don't necessarily have to be as athletic as other sports. Speak on it. Maybe. It depends on who the dancer is. Nah, it, it depends on your, le- your level of dancing. Let's put it like that. Okay. So what are the different levels of dance? Just like it's different levels of like, like let's say baseball, tennis, golf, soccer, anything else. Mm-hmm. There's different levels. Like if you're an amateur level, you probably not going to see it. You're not going to always see an athlete there. That's okay. Nah. Nah, I disagree with that. I feel like every sport. <laughs> no, yeah. You feel like dance is a sport. Because I knew, I, did, I disagree with him. Right, and what did I say? And he was like, "It's different levels of dance." It is. is am, I, am I right? Okay, let's let the professional talk. Okay, well, I feel like I didn't get to say anything. Well, yeah. What, what's what's your take? Since yeah, you said you know, so everything he said, you don't agree with right now. Yeah, no. So what? What I was explain yourself. What I was saying is, is okay. I said not everybody's an athlete. That, that's even in in our in like in football or basketball. Not everybody's an athlete. Just because you're on the team, you're an athlete. That's what I was okay. saying. They was taking my words out of context. They're like, oh, so what you said? So if, if you were a dancer, does that mean you have I said, no. What that means is like, it depends on what type of dancer you are. If you're just a regular everyday dancer, no, you're not, a, to me, in my opinion, you're not an athlete. Now, if you're performing at a level that you're performing at, then that's different, right? Mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's an athlete, especially especially when you got to go try out, you got to do all this stuff, you got to make teams. That's totally different, in my opinion. But I feel like even in like, let's say, I don't know, like, I just feel like on every team, you know who's like, oh wow, like she's a really good dancer, like right. Yeah. You can just tell, like, oh, uh, or he's a really good dancer, whatever the case may be. You're not gonna say, oh, everybody on this team's a good dancer, yeah. right? And that that was kind of like my philosophy. Man, like, it sounds good. It sounds oh, good. It sound good. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm not stressed, <laughs> I, I mean, I understand what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. I understand what both of you are saying, like. When you say everyday dancer, though, like everybody has to start from somewhere. Yeah. So I think it's more like I think being an athlete is more of a mindset than it is of like ability yeah. sometimes, mm-hmm. because like 
I got that. I started when I was three years old. You wouldn't call me an athlete when I was three years old. Same as like if you were, you know, pop more. Is that what they call it? Pop more. Yeah, sharks. Pee wee. Yeah, pee wee. Like when they're younger, you're not gonna really call them athletes. They're just kids running around. Like, but I understand what you're saying. Like, there's levels to it. You're expected if you're a pro dancer, pro cheerleader, you're expected to be able to sustain long periods of time and like be able to have the endurance to like be out there and for hours on the field and dance and perform and still look like it's effortless, you know? So, I mean, and also there's skill that comes with it, like kicks and leaps and turns, like that takes technique and ability. So I I get what you're saying. Um, But like even everyday dancers, Mm -hmm. like if they have the mindset, I feel like it's all about mindset, honestly. They have a mindset of being like more than an everyday dancer? I don't really know what an everyday dancer is. Like, I mean, what's your, what's your, like, 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 like break dancer? <laughs> like, like, but yeah, so like, uh, like, yeah, I guess it's like, okay. we'll leave that word there. I don't know why you thought that. Hey, yeah, nah, that was a good conversation though, because everybody has their different definitions on what certain things are in life. And we put a lot of yeah. things in boxes. People have different, you know, opinions about, true. you know, hey, what's this? And I think a lot, of, a lot of it comes down to whatever you're operating in. We try to strive for excellence. Mm-hmm. You know, we try yeah. to strive for greatness in whatever we're doing. And there's different levels of being an athlete. And so, uh, so yeah, nah, it's a good convo, man. We gonna, we gonna let, let them slide. <laughs> it's all good. I'm good. Like, hey. You got ambushed just now. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, there are different levels to <laughs> it for sure. Like, I mean, I used to work in NASCAR too. People yeah. said NASCAR drivers aren't. Okay, okay, that's a good right there. Tell yes. us about that experience. <sighs> I had this, I had this experience, or this conversation all the time, because I did PR with NASCAR. Okay. And uh, they would be like, are drivers really athletes? And you have to go explain, like, how much weight they lose G- in the car, G- the G-forces. Yeah, they have G-force. to have a tight core, because they're wheeling a, what, 3,000 ton, not ton, I don't know, pound car. And, like, and when they hit them corners, yeah. they like, I mean, that's that G-force. It's, exactly. So we all went go-kart racing, and, like, I was crushing them. And I weighed more than I wasn't there for that. Humble brag. Humble brag. <laughs> now think about it. Like, let's let's do the math, right? Jeff weighed two hundred fifty pounds. Oh, no, what? Stop! The, no, the car not two fifty. The car itself weighed thirty five pounds. Gravity would not allow that car to go, but so fast. You know what I'm saying? Not two fifty. Oh, anyways, talk about it. so NASCAR. Yeah. PR. Like, I, I want to know everything that you can tell us about that experience. I'm sure the, the viewers do as well. Yeah, so I was in NASCAR doing PR. Um, well, they call it communications now, but I mainly helped the drivers get media opportunities. So, mm-hmm. like, there was an opportunity, opportunity with, well, drivers and pit crew members. So, like, I don't know if you've heard of Brianna Daniels or Brianna O'Leary. Mm-hmm. They're one of the first um, women to be pit crew members in NASCAR. Wow. And so I did a lot with helping them get media because it was a huge story because they're the first. And um, I remember one time going to Good Morning America, and they had um, an appearance there with Michael Strahan and Sarah. God, I can't remember her last name. Yeah, but anyway, (laughs) they were on Good Morning America. So that was a really cool opportunity, like, to be able to um, get that for them. And, well, I didn't get it for them, but I kind of, like, executed. Uh, So I do that with drivers. I did that with drivers, too. Like, getting on local news stations, newspapers, uh, wherever we raced, because they raced every weekend. So like if they were in Atlanta, my market was Atlanta to to get um, media for the drivers and the sport overall. So like when we went to Atlanta, I would I knew the local 
TV stations there and the people that worked at them. I knew the local newspaper, um, even national outlets that were based in Atlanta, like CNN. Mm-hmm. And so um, I had relationships with a lot of media. And so I, kind of, I was kind of li- the liaison between the media and the drivers and their PR reps. And what I did was I really worked with a lot of the PR reps too, the, the reps that are always with the drivers. They're kind of like their assistants in a sense. Um, So it was really fun. I also did a lot of diversity communications. So there's this thing called the NASCAR diversity, NASCAR diversity program, NASCAR draft for diversity program. Woo. (laughs) Yeah. I left NASCAR like six months ago. Um, And they have a bunch of programs trying to get diverse drivers into the sport, diverse pit crew members. Um, And so like I would help with their communication as well. So like this, like, I guess, Oh yeah, for sure. I think because the more media they get, the more media attention that uh, these drivers get, the more sponsors are going to notice, and they're going to want to work with these drivers and put in like bunches, like mo- a lot of money, buku amounts of money yeah, yeah. into the sport because that's how the teams get um, funded. That's how they get paid. That's how the drivers get paid. It's through sponsorships. Um, so like if, and I think supplier diversity was a big thing there too, trying to get diverse sponsors to be in the sport so that you see these diverse companies on the, the cars every weekend. Um, so I, it's slowly but surely getting there. Actually, yesterday they raced in Charlotte um, and there's this thing called speed season. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> yes, yeah, speed season. It's kind of like an effort to get more diversity, yeah. like from businesses in the local area and like just black people in general, mm-hmm. black multicultural. Yeah, you know, yeah. it was mainly black people, yeah. <laughs> but I went there yesterday and it was, that's where I saw Danny okay. and, um, shout Danny. yeah, shout out to Danny and yeah, UNC 16. Yeah. So that was really cool too, because like, you're able to see that these black people enjoying NASCAR yeah. and like, it's kind of like, you know, getting the, the name out there and the, the, just the sport in general, because people, they, they brought in like influencers, TikTok famous people, like. Yeah. I think one of my friends was like, who's TikTok famous? And she was like, she, sh- she showed me his page and he was like, had millions of followers. So I was like, oh my God. Wow, so like, right, if yeah. he does something, millions of people are going to look at that. Yeah, right, right. And going to be like, I want to go to a NASCAR race. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. Where's my ticket? You know? So yeah. that was really cool just to see, like the music was great. The food was great. Like y'all got to come to a NASCAR race if you so have So speaking of going to a race, <laughs> like, what's the highlights of the race? Cause like, I mean, yeah, but I get it. <laughs> For someone who's never been to a race, like, what are some things you're going to experience? I, I, so. the race for? I haven't even been. But Dale Earnhardt, he was like my favorite person ever. <laughs> you just won. <laughs> senior, senior, yeah. I got his uh, license. Number three, yeah. Number three. Three. three for Dale. Oh, yeah. So, okay. <laughs> NASCAR is very accessible. It's like one of the most accessible sports for fans outside, like, out of any other sport. Before the race, fans can actually come on the track. They can walk on pit road if you have a certain pass. You can like be in the infield, which is like the inside of the track, and you can, you might meet a driver, you might be able to shake hands with a driver, you might get a driver's autograph. Like you get really close to the drivers, and I feel like if you go to an NFL game, you're not gonna be able to go on the, on the field unless you pay thousands of dollars. Like you're not gonna be able to go on the court, you know, unless you're courtside or you're famous or something. Like, for any like everyday person to be able to have that experience, like. You can actually stand in the pits if you have a hot pass and watch a um, pit change so close, like really closely, um, a pit crew stop really closely, like 
it's just the amount of ac- uh, access that you get at that, you know, on a pro level like that. Yeah. Um, it's just out of this world. So I think that's one thing. Um, the Rex, of course, is another thing. Uh, like, you want to see that up close, yeah. And you can actually, if you have passes, you can watch the race from inside the track. Yeah, that's like, cool. Yeah, it's just, it's it is fun. The Rex are exciting. <laughs> see, <laughs> see I yeah. just want, but I just want to see a race like Talladega Nights. You know, that's my movie. Yeah, if you're not first, you're last. Shake and bake. I mean, there are personalities like that, but oh, I think they're trying to get more people that are, like have big personalities. Yeah. Because they're trying to get, you know, make it more of like a national sport because it grew up, I mean, not grew up, it started in the Southeast. Yeah. And, you know, they're trying to make it a little bit more national. Like they race on the West Coast and everywhere else. But, yeah. um, like, they're trying to find, like, who's going to be that LeBron James? Who's going to be that, I don't know, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah so yeah. there's some drivers that are, like, real big, and then there's really lower your drivers that you wouldn't even know they were drivers you walking down the street right so trying to find that star power is what they call it mm-hmm. so yeah so how do you how do you uh engage with drivers right because i know you're trying to like yeah. market them almost like how does that work for nascar and then like the individual you know athletes right so how do, yeah. how do y'all connect so you mean like how do you work be able to work with them or yeah so do y'all reach out to them and say hey we're trying we're mark we're doing this promo yeah. you know or do you kind of find like who's the, the hottest at you know, driver is at the time and then, you know, kind of showcase them, you know, how do you select them and then how do y'all communicate with them? So, yeah. So you, we, there's kind of like a process for each driver, each like main driver too. Like each driver has their own thing going on too. So like there's the marketing team, which I wasn't on the marketing team. I was on the communications team, but we worked really closely with the marketing team. They would have like this profile of each driver, like what they like to do outside of racing what kind of movies they like, what kind of things that they do for charity. So like, it was like this whole profile of what the driver was like and what they're interested in. And so our job was to match what their interests are to publications that would be interested in covering them because of that thing. Like for example, so I did a lot of work with Bubba Wallace. He was big into like, he does drums, he does drumming and stuff. So we reach out to like music publications or like, um, you know, I try to get him on Revolt, but Revolt's like, he's not like a big rap or hip hop guy either, yeah. but like, but shout um, out shout out to Bubba Wallace. Yeah. So it'd be things see. like that. Yeah. And we would, we wouldn't re- work directly with the drivers. We worked with their PR reps yeah. and their PR reps do most of their media and get them where they need to go nice. and do interviews. Nice. So okay. we, yeah, be the liaison between them. Nice. How do you balance <laughs> that with, uh, so you were in NASCAR and also Top Test at the same time mm-hmm. too. So talk about that experience of. Yeah. Balancing both your passion, I assume, mm-hmm. you know, in dance, and that, that's evident, but then also working in NASCAR, too. So talk about that experience. Yeah, I mean, it was a balance, for yeah. sure, because, I well, I kind of, I didn't travel that much with NASCAR. Mm-hmm. Um, I traveled in the first half of the season, which was like February to maybe March, and maybe sometimes in the summer, but because the football season was fall to like winter i couldn't really travel that much so like my it was really good for my um, boss at nascar to know like what was going on my football schedule and vice versa like if i had something that i had to do um with nascar then like my coach would you know no i just try to keep open lines of communication at all times and um and i think they they really appreciated that i was flexible and that i was able to do a lot too um 
sometimes I just had to keep written calendars and digital calendars. I just had to stay organized. And I was really, I was always good with time management growing up. Like I had to juggle school. I mean, y'all were athletes and stuff, and you know, so like. I don't know if we were good at it. (laughs) (laughs) We had to. Well, you tried. You tried. I was going to say, I don't play Call of Duty, but. Call of Duty. <laughs> <laughs> nah. So yeah, it's just Terrible. time management. Like you know, it's you get used to it, and yeah. you just get into a rhythm. But, I mean, it wasn't easy. Like it's not gonna be always easy. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Man. You're in two dope big, you know, places, right? Like yeah. NASCAR. I think it's big our community. We don't, you know, really know much about NASCAR. We should but go. It's good to have it's that. Yeah. I, I'm definitely down to go to a but race. But see, if I go to a race, like, I'm trying to, like, be in the pit stops. Yeah, I'm trying to do the whole thing. I'll get y'all. Yeah, yeah, that's I, that's I got you. I'm cool. I'm cool. I got you. Even though I also work there, I know people Thank like that. you. I'm yes, cool with the people this there. Guy. This document. This document. Bring your whole family. Document. <laughs> the whole family. Yes. Yeah, but now that's two industries, or at least two things that black people, we really don't see a lot of, right? NASCAR, mm-hmm. growing up, I didn't see a lot of people either one watching, you know, races. Every, anytime I did, I went to Hunter Hoot's house and, and they, his family was watching it, right? <laughs> and then for cheerleaders, there wasn't a lot of black cheerleaders, yeah, that is, right? especially at a professional level mm-hmm. and definitely at a, a PWI, sorry. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, at Carolina, you definitely were a leader in that avenue and then same thing for the top cast. So, I, you know, I had to all like round of applause. Yeah, for all so we gotta go to a race. Maybe we gotta take the Jag on the on the uh, track. Please, hey man, I'm going. Get that Jag, get that AMG on there. Get that Teddy Rock too. <laughs> <laughs> you can. Okay, so there's this thing called the NASCAR experience. Oh, okay. So you get to drive a car around the track, not your own car, but a race car. I'm trying to get you get to drive around the track. I have a gift card. I haven't done it yet. Yeah. But I, I will say, if you go to a race, try to go to Daytona. Daytona 500 is the biggest race of the year. It's like the Super Bowl of NASCAR. Wow. It's in February every year. That's good. Yeah. That'd be yeah, so right. fun. Huh? That's in, in North Carolina, right? Florida. Uh, uh, Daytona Beach. They, they talk, they talk. Daytona Beach, Florida, uh, yeah. Daytona. Where NASCAR started. No, it's good for people to know. Daytona, Florida, Florida. Shout, Shout out to Daytona. 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 Yes. Um, so now I help people that want to audition for pro teams in the NFL and NBA or NHL, any like pro team or semi-pro teams. I give them tips and I have programs to help them prepare to be on those types of teams. And so I have a podcast. It's called the Imperfect Cheerleader Podcast. Shout out. Shout out. Apple Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts. Um, where every week I drop an episode just giving tips, and sometimes I have people on the podcast, guests, mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, tips and advice on what to do, what not to do, my story, other yeah. people's stories, yeah. how they got from, you know, how they went from, you know, not being on a team and maybe not uh, making the team yeah. multiple times yeah. to, you know, finally making the team. 
Um, and then I have a course called Becoming the Professional Cheerleader, where uh, it's an online course, self-paced. You can, um, it's like a six eight, or eight week program. You um, sign up and you get all the tools and tricks and you have access to me as a community with it too. So uh, yeah. I'm and, impressed. That's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. Like, I, I, think, I think that speaks to like, you like really honing in on your craft and you're still continuing, although you're like, you're retiring. You're like, I'm gonna build something off of that too, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. build other people. And build other people. I was gonna say, like, yeah. help other people. That's 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 really dope. Yeah. yeah. On Instagram as uh, or at the professional cheerleader on Instagram. At so the professional go cheerleader. <laughs> it will definitely be right here. But uh, yeah. yeah, Jeff, to your point, I mean, it's it's amazing that you're because I asked this guy today. We're you know I like to go in the, the sauna and steam room after a workout. Oh. It's nothing like this, you know. It's uncomfortable, but after the after feeling is amazing, right? Yeah. And this guy looked at me and he was like, "Hey, you're the guy that's on the podcast." I was like, "Yeah." I look at him like, "Okay." Okay. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, the humble brag podcast." <laughs> and um, you know, he was start start talking. Well, like, subscribe and follow. <laughs> he started talking to me about. Uh, he was like, "Yeah." I was like, "So what are you into, right?" He's like, "I'm going back to school, whatever. I'm gonna do business administration." He's like, I don't know what I'm gonna do with it, but I feel like it open doors. I was like, yeah, for sure, man. I said, he's like, but I, I really don't want to sit in a cubicle. I said, that's fine. Mm-hmm. So what are you passionate in, right? And that's the that's the key. What are you passionate in? You're passionate in dance, but you're also mm-hmm. passionate in developing other people, mm-hmm. right? And that's that's commendable, and it's it's truly like a leader, right? For you to take on that role as a leader in Top Cats, leader in the NASCAR industry. Now you're leading other people just in a different avenue, right? Mm-hmm. A different space. Um, and this, this guy was like, I like to play piano. I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. Let's figure out, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like, whatever you want to do, just do it. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But do what you're passionate about. Don't, don't just, because society tells you you need to be, yeah. get a, a master's or a bachelor's in, in business. Yeah. If you're not passionate in that, right, don't waste your time. I do almost did that, that, that too. Yeah. Well, so yeah. Talk, talk about it. Yeah. yeah. I, I, so I was going to go to law school after college. I was going to work a little bit. This is my plan. I was going to work like three years. Mm-hmm. I was going to go to law school. I was studying for the LSAT and everything. And so I took the LSAT for the second time. I first took it in college. But I took oh, it wow. for the second time, like after we graduated that fall. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did okay. I took a class for the LSAT. I did okay, you know. Then I was like, do I really want to be a lawyer? Like I started talking to a lot of people. This is when I first started at NASCAR. I started talking to a lot of people that worked in um, in law and a lot of them just hated their jobs, and I just was like, I don't want to, I don't want to hate my job. And I'm not like I was on the fence about going to, so I was like, if I'm not all in, I'm not going to yeah. just waste my time. So I was like, okay, maybe I'll get my MBA. And so yeah, I, I studied for what is it, the GRE or whatever it was, and I took that, and then uh, I applied to uh, not jobs, I applied to schools, and I got into Guzweta, which is in em- or at Emory. And it was like a one-year accelerator program, but I was like, okay, do I want to do this and have to move to Georgia and like do all this? Like I wanted to, yeah, no, it wasn't online. It was it was in person, but it was just like a one-year accelerated. But uh, I was just like, okay, I wanted to go get my MBA because I was wanted to be an entrepreneur. I was like, I don't really need to be on or get my MBA to be an entrepreneur, like. I can just learn, you know, watch videos, take courses yeah, and yeah. things that are way cheaper than an MBA. Right. So I decided not to go. Yeah. And, you know, I'm just doing stuff. You just have to take action. That's the 
thing that I've learned the most. You just have to do, do, do. Yeah. So. And I think a big part of that too is just what you were saying, Charles. You don't want to just do anything. You want to do what you're passionate about, but just have a big thing that's been on my mind is just intention. Like, yeah. Have an intention about what your goals are and what you're actually striving for, and then that's going to determine the vehicle that you use to get there. Right. So I think a lot of times, especially for like younger people that's trying to figure out their way, focus on that intention. Like, hey, what's my larger goal? Like, what right. am I trying to do? And then let me surround myself with information, people, examples to be able to show me like, okay, this is what I need to do. Yeah, and so, um, you're definitely going to fail a lot. A lot. Oh, yeah. But you learn from it. And failure for me was like hard too. So mm-hmm. I'm still learning. But like at the end of the day, it's like all a learning process mm-hmm. and you learn. It, so. You tried out for the top cats and got it the first time. <laughs> I know. And then I tried out for another team and didn't. So I'm like, That's what? Yeah. That that was hard. So what were the emotions? I mean, like, <laughs> how did you respond when you when you did when you got that call to say hey, or email that you didn't yeah. make the team? How did you respond? Like, it mentally, was, where were you? It was an email, and I was with a group of friends um, from church. They were like, they were older women, mm-hmm. but we were just getting together. And I saw the email. I was like what am I reading this right <laughs> and I was trying not to let it affect me I was trying to like be in the moment and hang yeah. out with them like they didn't know what was going on right. and so I was like okay I was trying to hold back tears <laughs> but then as I got time to reflect on it the next day next couple of weeks I was like okay what what could possibly have gone wrong or like what could I have done better it was hard because I definitely thought I would make it past prelims. It was just a video that I had to submit. Yeah, so I, I keep thinking about, like, why didn't I make it past prelims? I have the uh, the experience already right. being on a pro team. I have, like, I know how to talk about myself. Like, yeah. I know how it is to be on a pro team, so why didn't I at least make it past prelims? And they get tons of videos all the time. So um, it was definitely hard. Like, I probably cried about it, but... At the end of the day, life goes on. You can yeah, try another yeah. time. Like, it's going to be there, hopefully. You know, yeah. Some teams are cutting programs. but Well, but listen, another, and you're building out your own businesses. Is, that's, I mean, yeah. that's the thing in itself, right? Like, and I, I mean, I, that's what I'm saying. I, I keep thinking back, and you said it earlier, like, we talked about it on our podcast before, like, failure and everything and mm-hmm. embracing that. I mean, it's going to happen. You know yeah. what I mean? So, you just said it. I'm a going the wrong thing yeah. jumping to something else. so like yeah I'm, I'm sure you'll land in that spot but that, that is that is dope though. yeah yeah do 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 like you said but i think yeah. uh <clears throat> the door is closed all right but a lot of times they close for a reason yeah mm-hmm. you know i think it's hard to like understand that in the moment it's like what did i do wrong or yeah. and a lot of times especially jobs and in different positions companies and, and yeah. teams organizations have somebody in mind already or they have a, a, a ideal candidate because they're trying to fill a void that they had previously. Mm-hmm. Um, but whenever a door closes, you always gotta, you know, reassure, you know, kind of refocus and realize that it's not you. Exactly. You're more than capable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're probably overqualified for that position. You know what I mean? But truthfully that door closed so that you can start down another path that's gonna be, you know, kinda take you to the level that you wanna get to or the position that you wanna be in. So failure really a lot of times is really just a, a another another avenue success yeah and I talk a lot about that on my podcast too and um, girls come to me and they're like why didn't I make it what did I, what can I do better it's just like it's and this is pretty common to say and approach your role it's, it might be a no right now but it's not a no forever yeah and so like you just gotta keep going if you really want it 
put in the work, you know, continue doing what you're doing, find ways to make it better, yeah. and um, go after it, you know, so, and God might have other plans for you. Seriously. He might have other plans for me, that's why I didn't make yeah, it past pre yeah. you know, so. Seriously, though, that's a, that's a, that's a word for everybody, man. God's plan. We don't know. Yeah, I was thinking, so you said you were with some ladies from church. Mm-hmm. So did you ever tell them what was going on? No. No? <laughs> Just think if you would have, though, right? I mean, yeah, I guess I you'd like to have. handle that by yourself, but they, yeah. y'all, y'all could have had a, a prayer session. We could have, You know, they yeah. could have talked you through it, you know, because a lot of times failure, it might be good to just, expo- you know, express it, and that way, you know, I don't know. That's true. I, I feel like I was still processing it, like, and I didn't, I wasn't ready to talk about it yet. Part of me kind of was embarrassed, you know, mm-hmm. so yeah. I felt like I had to just deal with it on my own before I shared it with other people. And I didn't really tell people that I was auditioning in the first place because mm-hmm. I didn't want to tell them and I'd not make it, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I guess I could have, and I'll probably, it'll probably come out later if I'm hanging out with them again. But yeah, there, that's a great group. It's maybe out. that's, I mean, maybe that's, I mean, yeah, it is out. Maybe that's um, God's plan, you know. He, I was with those group of people, you know, mm-hmm. God's people. I don't want to say God's people, but like, <laughs> you know, people from church. Like, yeah. maybe that I just needed to be in that moment and spend more time with them, you know. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I think that's big, though, too, because. That's what this podcast is all about. <clears throat> you know, wearing your successes and your failures on your sleeve. Mm-hmm. Like I, and I think even I deal with that as well. A lot of times we're pursuing some things and we're not telling everybody. We may tell our close friends or whatnot right. for fear of just the appearance of failure. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, you know, that's big. Like it's a it's something that we all deal with on a day to day basis of, you know, just not wanting people to see things. But at the end of the day, we're the only ones that's in the mirror. We're the only yeah. ones that, that has to wake up in the morning and deal with, hey, do I get this or not? And, and deal with the successes and failures. You know? Germ's alarm clock is, I'm making that the man in the mirror. Hey. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You, you talked like about that. family. Well, I'm sorry. No, you good. Yeah. You talked about family. Uh, <laughs> did, your, did your family come support you at games? Like, mm-hmm. yeah? Yeah, they because did. I was thinking that, like, if I have – you know, Lord willing, we have kids. I have a daughter. Will I go to the game to watch? <laughs> you watch my daughter? Why not? Because you like watching sports. I'm just saying, like as a dad, like did you play football? I did play football for sure. I'm gonna be watching the game, but like, <laughs> like you know, my my daughter's cheering. I think I think at, at that level, especially college. But I'm okay. talking about even building up to college. Like, you know. You have somebody, you're more invested to score a touchdown. Why not? I might take right there and I'll watch the cheerleading. Right? <laughs> so, but talk, about, talk about your family supporting you, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, my family was always supporting me growing up. I didn't even tell them I was auditioning for the Top Cats when I auditioned. No, so when I made it, they were just like, of course she made it, you know. So mm-hmm. they, they always are like, you can do great things. They, my parents always told me you can do whatever you want if you put your mind to it. Like knowing that growing up helps a lot with my confidence, but they would come to the games. My mom would always be there. She was always like, I got, cause we got two tickets to each game. She was always like, I get one of the tickets. You know, you got to ask me first before you sell them or give them away. <laughs> um, my dad, he lives in Alabama, so um, he didn't come up to every game. But I will say, seeing my dad, like I might cry, but seeing my dad at the games, like <laughs> it was like the best thing ever. Like he would just stand, like he would come down like, at the fourth quarter um, when the games were almost about to end, like people had got off, got off, got out of their seats and were leaving, and he would just stand there and smile, and like it was just the best He's like, That's feeling. My baby right, there. right. It was just yeah. the best feeling. Oh my gosh, I like have memories, vivid memories of that. 
And so having that support is just out of this world. And I know people that um, I had a, a friend on the team. She didn't have family support. Her family didn't agree with what she was doing with pro cheerleading. I think maybe because they thought it was like over-sexualized or um, it didn't put women in a respectable light, which is BS. Anyway, (laughs) I don't know what their reason was, but she did open up about that. And I'm like, I can't even imagine my family not supporting me. Yeah. Like that would be horrible. So um, yeah, they came to the game. Not every game, but they tried. Do we open up that can? about the, the, like, the sexuality, I mean, I guess, sexualizing women in yeah. that aspect, like, what, what's your view on that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's your view on that? And then, like, obviously, it's going to be conflicting to what other people might think or perceive. Yeah, I think a lot of times, like, in the beauty space or whatever, like, even in pageants, like, Miss America pageant, they yeah. took away the swimsuit portion because yeah. they thought it over-sexualized women or whatever. But the real reality, my take on it, is you can be beautiful and you can be smart at the same time. They're not mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm. Like, you can put on a bathing suit and you can <laughs> talk about politics. I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. and same thing is, go ahead. So I was gonna say, it's like guys in a Speedo at a weightlifting competition. Yeah. <laughs> I just think. I'm, I'm serious. It's like the same thing, though. Go back. back. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get I get the comparison. No, I don't. <laughs> I was saying, like, you got to look at it from both sides. I'm just saying. Like. It's how you process it. You're right. right. But, I mean, it's the same thing with pro cheerleading. Like, I just think I mean, little girls look up to us like that, and they want to be like us. I just think um, it doesn't have to be like that. And I think teams and owners are kind of hearing from fans and kind of thinking, like, oh, okay, maybe we need to tone it down a little bit. Like, the commanders, for example, they took away their whole program and they turned it into like a hip hop program. Yeah, I feel like that's what people, program? the cheerleading program. Wow. And, um, wow. like they turned it into like a hip hop crew, like with women and men. And in my opinion, I don't really like that. Cause it's like, can women have their own thing and be yeah. empowered and be, want to feel good and look good in a uniform and like work out put put you know put in time at the gym and work out to feel good and feel empowered about themselves and ultimately be role models in the community that's what we are not we i'm not it anymore but that's what they are (laughs) like they're role models and they they are brand ambassadors for the organization and so of course they're not going to be out here like shaking butt on like you would hope they weren't like you know on the internet because they have that job it's a job at the end of the day yeah and so yeah um i just think yeah owners are and people up high in places like they they're trying to fix it by making crews like hip-hop crews and not dancing yeah and it just is like kind of diminishing what was established in the first place right like people that came before them and who wants that yeah yeah. That's even a, it's a marketing ploy too, like yeah. hip hop, right? Why why choose hip hop? Because it's I think it's like the, yeah. they do like the who the audience is or who the, what the audience they're trying to capture or who they're trying to get back from what they lost with the knee down, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. situation. So I, I think that's a that's it's a that's a business. Yeah. NFL is a business. Yeah, they focus just, on their bottom line. Yeah. And they, they don't see the dancers or the cheerleaders as revenue drivers. We don't bring in revenue, so they feel like they can do whatever they want right. with us. They can tell us what to do, and it doesn't matter. We're going to do it anyway. I think y'all bring in the revenue, respectfully. There's some, there's some 
Some guys out there that, that go there to watch and see and dance. Really? And it, uh, I don't know if they no, go to watch. I don't think so. Dancers, <laughs> but it's definitely nice to see some nice dancers. You know, I, I'm not saying I personally. Um, I mean, especially. <laughs> I mean, especially. <laughs> I mean, especially though, like during. I mean, I agree though. I think like during the show, halftime, timeouts, and all that stuff. Like, I, I think that's good to see. Like, I think it'd be very uneventful when they have a TV timeout and everybody just sitting there like. Yeah. Hey, my name is Joe. <laughs> Don't be a teacher. Yeah, it'd be boring. Yeah. It'd be boring. excited for that. I mean, yeah. I mean, at least that's what I think. It's a part of the I would say our experience. biggest, yeah, I would say our biggest revenue builder is bringing in young girls and doing programs with them. Yeah, yeah. There's like junior programs and a lot of these um, dance programs and they, young girls want to dance with cheerleaders because they're like celebrities and they ask us all these questions and stuff. So that's a big revenue driver. As, as a former football player, this is be my last question. What was your favorite game that you, like, I guess, were at or in the moment? Crazy, uneventful. Oh, oh my gosh. I will say, okay, <laughs> this is the one that's coming to mind. Yeah, that's what I want. First thing that comes to mind. Last year when Cam Newton came back. Even though we lost the game, the excitement building before that game. I was watching on TV. I was excited. What, what did you say in the camera? No, that was at the game before. It was away. It was in Arizona, and that's when they won. And then the next week is when they played at home. And yeah, it was just like because we do like a lineup for when the players come out. It's called Player Tunnel, and. Like, I just remember there was, like, the smoke and everything. He was just, like, looking around, like. That's cool. Yeah. I was trying to pay attention because we had to count and stuff to make yeah. sure we were all on the same page. But I was just like, wow, this is crazy. Because cool. I came, when I first started, Cam Newton was the quarterback. Yeah. And um, I love Cam. I wish he'd come back. But R.I.P. Um, but, yeah, that was one of the, like. I know. <laughs> um, that was one of the best moments. And any moment, I think. I think. Mm, we didn't make it to any playoff game when I was there. Yeah. But, like, any, like, game-winning kick or, like, touchdown. Like that, yeah. Thursday night football games are always fun because mm -hmm. it was at night, on prime time, or Monday night. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Wow. Now, that's cool. Fun. Yeah, I, I bet that was a cool experience. Those teams. I mean, I know the fans were going crazy. Yeah. The whole stadium was packed yeah. that game. Mm -hmm. Like, usually when you go to Panthers games, no shade, but <laughs> the away team, you can see their colors more than you see Panthers yeah, colors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so there's changed that, yeah. So this past weekend, the weekend before. So you went to the game? The weekend before. No, but I watched it on TV. <laughs> <laughs> you got, got rid of Matt Rule, though. Yeah, Rule got yeah, let go. Got the boot. Yeah, unfortunately. unfortunately. And that's the thing about coaches getting let go. I know we're way off topic now, but one of the players is like, it's not the coaches, right? It's the players. The right. players didn't play well. Right. But yeah. as soon as they start losing games, you got fans up there saying, like, fire the coach, fire the coach. That has to be the toughest job in the NFL to be a head coach. And that's what they said. That's what the player said. Like, I got so much respect for this coach because he still is in front of – he's a leader. Mm -hmm. He's in front of the team and still trying to, like, push whatever the initiative is. You know, but even with the fans who are supposed to be supporting you and, mm -hmm. you know, media and stuff like that, and uh, everybody's against you, but you still got a job to do. Yeah. And that's what it is. It's a job. Yeah. yeah. yeah so, man. so, so overall, what did y'all – what did y'all think of the one? Man, empty glass. It was good. <laughs> I, think my glass I need to catch up. Shoot, I'm always a slow drinker. Oh, no, no. We, we Me and Jeremy right. over here. <laughs> yeah, nah, it was a great so, conversation, but yeah. I think the wine was all, it had so, so long time. Yeah, 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 I love it. And it's 
it does go down. I'm gonna remember this. It's my first time having this lashes, so I'm gonna. I just think about Da Vinci Code. You know what I mean? Ah, Da Vinci. Like, like he's actually agronologist. Like he he was big into like Mara and different things. Like you know, do your research on it. He knows Leonardo Da Vinci, so you know, hey, there's some history behind that. Sounded good, my boy. Like that, like that. Degree down. Okay. Forty-two degrees. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? I so I like white wine. I think I might give it a nine. Ooh. I do a nine. Da Vinci, you got one. <laughs> <laughs> you got one. Like I said, I think I'm gonna you know, go go find that. So, yeah. yeah, exactly. CB, what about you? I'm gonna give it on taste. I'm gonna give it a seven. Right? I'm gonna give it a seven on taste. But on the chill though, the chill give it at least point five. That's about 7.5. 7.5. Yeah. Like you said, it was light. You know what I mean? I feel, feel fresh. Um, yeah. And I think the visual, right? Yeah. Like, the germ, I'm glad Jerm touched on that. Because you taught me how, how you're supposed to dry the glass. You know what I yeah. mean? You don't want to dry glass when you get fingerprints on it. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But the glass is clean. Clean. The color's nice. Feel good. It, it passes the visual inspection. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I heard you have to... Hold it down there so you don't make it warm. Yeah, yeah. your palm's hot. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. You know what you hold You hold it back on it. You know a lot more than what you give it off. She gives it a whole rundown. I'm like, I like that. Shoot. Maybe I know a little bit. Yeah, see, there we go. Hey, well, shoot. What we're going to do is like, we'll put the link, like all this stuff where we get it from. We'll also put our scores. And listen, if y'all go try Da Vinci, let us know in the comments. Yeah. I like it. Oh, yeah. yeah, for sure, for sure. And Pino, actually, fun fact, it's one of the hardest uh, for sommeliers when they're doing their test, you know, taste um, exams. It's one of the hardest wines to identify. Really? Yeah. Hmm. So look that up. But the reason being is because of the taste of it. It's so familiar to the other wines, the Pinot Noirs. Pinot Grigio, this is from a variation of the Pinot Noir grapes. I was going to say, too, as I kept drinking it throughout the whole time, do y'all taste like any type of like chocolate, like a little light chocolate taste? Mm -hmm. I like you always taste no, chocolate, but we are getting chocolate. closer to Halloween, so you got to <laughs> bag of chocolate. <laughs> you been eating a lot of chocolate lately? <laughs> yeah, I ain't going to lie. Listen, I bought a bag from Costco, a big bag, a month ago. Big bag. <laughs> it was the only thing I could have did, and I, it kept staring at me like, eat these. I've just been snacking on nah, them. You thought you were gonna give it out to the kids? Which, uh, yeah, I'm gonna get them. We're gonna last that long. Awesome. Hey, get them back. When kids come trick or treat at your crib, you only got the candy nobody else wants. Right. Yeah. Like, like the sweetest fish and the twisted. The little corn. What do they call it? The corn <laughs> candy. Oh, the candy corn. Candy corn. corn yeah. The worst. I like candy corn. Sweetest fish is fire. Really? Oh, man, sweetest fish. That's fire. Sweet, Top yeah, five. Top five. Definitely. 
don't know about top five, but it's all right. Who gets a Halloween bag a month and a half before Halloween, though? That's a bad excuse. It's so stupid. Yeah. And I, I got to buy another bag. Yeah. Buy the day of so you don't eat it all. forget what you did people will forget what you said but they won't ever forget how you made them feel mm-hmm. and what would be a third one that's a tough one i know it's gonna be the best for last i know um, <laughs> always speak to the manager okay wow that's good stuff well, listen, y'all know the deal. Listen, make sure you like, subscribe, follow. Go follow Jasmine's podcast and everything she got going on so you can hear that yeah. story. Hey, and for all our people out there who are wanting to get into cheerleading, hey, here's your source. Here's your Just source. give it to you. Yeah. You, got, you got daughters, cousins, nieces. Yeah. Plug them this in. This is the source. And Instagram as well. So definitely yeah. Yeah. follow the Instagram page too. Everything's going to be in the link below. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for being the first lady of yes. the Brad yes. Podcast. First Brad lady, lady, first yeah. wa- uh, white one. Yeah, like, exactly. So, yeah. I love it. We appreciate it. Yeah. I appreciate y'all. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm good. This was fun. Until next time. Until next time. We out. Mm-hmm. Much love.